So, all of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will, where do you want to start? Best podcast in all of space and time. It's the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. Welcome, welcome to episode 9 of the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. It's Jace. Hey, it's Sean. And we've got a great, great episode lined up for you guys this week. We're giving you part 2 of our interview with Dr. Squee from the Gallifrey Stands podcast. I know you guys have been anxiously waiting for it, and I can't wait to share it with you. So... Let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. Sean, how have you been doing this week? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, you know, school, work, life, Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this week I showed another episode of, uh, or a few episodes of Doctor Who to, you know, to my girlfriend. As, I, as I've said over the weeks, I've been slowly getting her through the show. And then this week she proclaimed to me that she has decided that the David Tennant, Catherine Tate, or the Doctor and Donna combo was the best chemistry of any Doctor and Companion she'd seen thus far. Yeah, it was good. Uh, she <laughs> she is like really, really, really impressed. She can tell that they're like friends in real life. Like she can feel that chemistry. And we watched the End of Time. Uh, that was. Or not the end of time, uh, the journey's end. You know, that's the one where uh, the Dr. Donna meta crisis thing happens. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but there was actually a deleted scene in that whole segment. So you remember the scene where uh, it's the Dr. Donna Rose and the meta crisis doctor on the beach. And then, yeah. you know, the doctor leaves Rose and the Metacrisis doctor behind, supposedly happily ever after, you know. Well, there was a deleted scene in that where they actually gave, the doctor gave the Metacrisis doctor, like, a little broken piece of the TARDIS. And he hmm. was going to use that to, like, grow his own TARDIS. And the writers took that out because they thought that that was just a little too far that... Fans would always be wondering, you know, oh, is the Metacrisis Doctor and Rose ever going to come back? Just And then I, I remember listening to that. And then later on they give Clara and a shielder their own TARDIS. Yep. So they kind of broke their yeah, own yeah. little theory right there. <sighs> Clara. Yeah. I hope you ran into a star. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that was another <laughs> thing is, you know, I... Uh, my girlfriend's listened to the episodes. She's heard all the Clara hate, and now she's 
excited to get further into Doctor Who just to see, to see Clara. Yeah, just to see how bad Clara is. God, I, ah, I hate her so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you have to? Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, she's she's slowly, you know, enjoying the show. I'm, I'm cherry-picking, of course. Um, I'm hoping to get her to the point yeah. where she'll watch every episode. She's got to watch the River stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. She likes River Song. We watched the... Uh, you know the library episodes, and she's enjoyed those so far. The problem is, is that she kind of is mad at me because she's watched me watch like series ten episodes and mm-hmm. um, watched me watch certain like other Capaldi episodes, and she so she's seen things out of order, and the show is already kind of out of order sometimes because of the way. So River Song kind of just completely confuses her because she doesn't know where in in the timeline that river song is uh yeah so she <laughs> yeah she's kind of frustrated with me she told me never to introduce her into a time traveling show backwards because it's already about time travel so it's already confusing enough as is so i i, I kind of yeah. agree with her <laughs> But uh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, some news about uh, about me and some con appearances. I've talked about on the show before about Chicago Tardis. That's in November. It's in Chicago, of course. The news that I got this week is I did get a press pass for this this con, and what that means essentially is that I'm going to get some time with some featured guests now i can't guarantee who that's gonna be but we are gonna have some cool content coming on the show really really soon that's what's up yeah i'm really excited for it and i can't wait to share some stuff with that so stay tuned if you guys are in chicago in november november 22nd through the 24th i believe make sure to come visit me i'll have a table there set up as well and I'll be interviewing fans at the convention, getting some some feedback, some thoughts uh, about where Doctor Who is heading in the future. Yeah, and uh, I I don't know if I'm going to be able to go, but it, it'll be my birthday weekend, so uh, everyone buy me some drinks, please. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I'm excited about is I, you know, I saw that they're releasing the, or they already did, it was a convention exclusive, the uh, first Doctor pop figure. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Almost bought it, which is yeah, which is giving me hope that eventually I'm sure they will, but somewhere down the line they're gonna have every doctor available. The fact that they you know they, what the most uh, good. Well, the the fact that they have like companions and and enemies and villains and stuff already, but no no pops of the second, third, fifth, yep. sixth. Seventh, eighth doctors, and no, no masters whatsoever. I know. Yeah. Like I, the, I, well, that's so weird that they would have a pop of like, a weeping angel before they would have, the master, or yeah. Either. Well, you know the most what the most expensive Doctor Who pop is that's out right now. Uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Um, it would. It, I mean, it'd have to be some kind of convention exclusive, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's not the 11th Doctor Handles, is it? I'm gonna let you guess. No, no, I have that one. Um... It's definitely one I don't have, yeah. of course. But... Um, is it the David Tennant in the spacesuit? No, but you're closer. Is it the Capaldi in the spacesuit? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the 12th Doctor in the spacesuit, yeah. That's... Yeah, I would want that pop. Because I, I have... I, I've, if you guys, I think I've released my pop collection on the Facebook page. If I haven't, I'll do that after we get done recording. I have the Twelfth Doctor regular pop, and then I have the Twelfth Doctor with the sunglasses and guitar. That's really cool as well. Yep, yeah, I got both of those. But that that spacesuit one from the it's a uh, it, it's almost about four hundred dollars. Oh my god. Yep. Pops are you know some of them are priced ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, I I have pops that are non Doctor Who related. One in particular that's worth at least one hundred and fifty dollars. Um, and I got yeah, I want the uh, and I got that one before okay. I was even collecting pops. Like it, it just came with yeah. something that uh, and that was back in I think twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen. That's why it was so high valued because it was before pops even like. I mean, they're they exploded now. But, you know, back then they were popular, but nowhere near as popular as they are now. Yeah, I just got my Rory pop figure the other day. Oh, yeah. I know they've got Rory now and Amy and Clara and... Uh, um, the last Centurion, uh, I got yeah. that one. Um, I'm hoping they release more. So I have him sign it. Because, um, I mean, my goal is, like, the reason I even bring the pop figures up was because... Um, I'm hoping I'm going to see what I can do and uh, uh, next weekend on Sunday, October 15th. So uh, in Indianapolis, there's a comic book store. There, You know, in Indianapolis is where Who North America is. It's that, uh, that yeah. Doctor Who store. We had an uh, interview in Episode 5 with the owner of the store, uh, Mr. Bradbury. And they're having... Mm -hmm. Terry Malfoy show up. He played Davros, and my I have mm. the six-inch Davros figure, which I don't know why the Davros figure is a six-inch pop. Now, what that means when I say six inches is it's bigger than a normal pop. Now, typically, what they do with the bigger pops is it's because it's it's a big thing. Like the the TARDIS itself was a big pop, like a six-inch one, you know. And there's ones with like I, I think you have it. Uh, the job of the hut one. Yeah, I have that one. Yeah. Yeah, those are bigger, right? Because they have to be, because it's like a big character. And Davros yep. is that, but why? He's not a he's yeah, normal right. size. Why? why? Yeah. He's, I don't understand why it's big, but it is. And I'm I'm hoping to get that pop sign, because um, I already have a other few pops signed. I know you've got uh, a pop signed by Alex Kingston. You've got one signed by Billy Piper, right? Yep, yep. Um, and then you've got <laughs> Matt Smith. Smith. Yeah, so you're beating me on the, the Doctor Who autographed pop figures, but not for long. I just hate they didn't have the Rory one before I got you know Arthur Darville to sign something See, yeah, else. So now I'm going to have to go back and have him sign that one. Same. Yeah. Because I, I do have his autograph as well, but um, yeah, I don't. Uh, there wasn't a Rory pop back then. <laughs> Yep. The other thing as well is I, you know, 
you could say I do this, or I don't know about you, but anytime I get an autograph, I always get it personalized because I just have no intention yeah. of ever getting, like, selling them. All mine say Sean. I, and I think that's important. Like, I don't know if celebrities care, especially at that level. But if if it were me, I would care because I can like I know like if someone comes up to me like six things, and they don't want any of them personalized, I know what they're doing, you know they're 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 selling it they're you know they're they're putting it on eBay yeah. and selling it. Um, That's just wrong. But I mean, you do what you do. But yeah, all mine say Sean. You know, Alex Kingston says you know my future wife is what it says. <laughs> it's your future wife, Alex Kingston. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. Maybe this is how you do it. You know, this is how you do it. You just release that positive energy into the universe. That's right. Is she, I wonder if she's actually married already. I don't know. I have no idea. No, because she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't know that we're supposed to be. So of course, she's not married. All right. Whatever you say. So enough kidding around. Let's jump into this week's Doctor News. I've got some news for you, dudes. Yeah, so uh, not really a whole lot. I'm just gonna keep it short and sweet. Um, you know, you know, the, actually yesterday marked the uh, 40th uh, 40th anniversary of uh, you know K9. You know that? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I saw something on Facebook about that. That's it's really cool. It's unfortunate that the show isn't on the air currently because they could do something special for him. You know? Yeah, they, they could have, but you know, it's just. It's nice to know our little K9 friend has been around for so long. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, but something else I don't know a lot of people a lot of people might not know, but uh, the uh, the actor uh, Trevor Martin passed away. Do you know who that is? Trevor Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, classic Who, right? Well, he was the first actor to play the Doctor on stage. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> yeah. he first appeared in the Doctor Who in 1969, playing you know the Time Lord in the final uh, second Doctor story, The War Games. Um, but he's also remembered for playing the Doctor on stage, based on the series Doctor Who and the Daleks and the Seven Ke- and this in the se- Seven Keys to Doomsday. Wow, can I say that? Um, <laughs> we're trained in yeah. London's Adelphi Theater for four weeks at the end of 1974. So that's kind of what he's mainly known for. But he passed away on us. Um, he he was uh, 87, I believe. Yeah, 87. Well, that's, I mean, that sucks, obviously. But at least he had, you know. I think once you get past. For me, I don't know about other people, but like seventy, like anything mm-hmm. b- before seventy, I'm like, oh, that's a real bummer. After seventy, yeah, it's still a bummer, but it's like, okay, you know, they at least they had a a, a decently long life. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was just neat, you know, someone you get to play the doctor on on stage. I'm just kind of trying to picture that in my mind, you know, that has to be kind of fun to do. You know, it's not really yeah. an episode; it's just you're you're playing it on like a Broadway play. You know, it'd be kind of cool to see that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen other people do that, and then there's a lot of you know fan productions now of uh, people playing the Doctor on stage. Sometimes they'll play like a specific incarnation of the Doctor, like oh you know they're playing the tenth Doctor, they're playing you know the seventh Doctor or whatever, and then sometimes they're playing their own incarnation of the Doctor, and usually it's not explicitly explained which version they are. Like oh they're 14 or 15 or 100 or whatever they're just you know the doctor yeah. uh yep that was it yeah that's all they say too is the doctor you know they don't say like anything you know 
number wise they just kind of say you know you're playing the doctor yeah which is which is fine i mean that's the beauty of of doctor who is i mean it can happen at any point in any time you know there's no i mean there is a rhyme but the good news is you can always go in the future and do a story go back in the past and do a story etc etc yeah speaking of uh just doctor who the uh you know we've been waiting to see what the next series is going to be like you know with chris tribnall and jody whitaker and all that sort of stuff so i haven't thought uh, about it once yeah. <laughs> Not even, wait, 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 wait. There's a new Doctor Who series yeah. coming out? Oh, I thought the show was over. Wait. I haven't even, what's, I haven't even what's given Doctor it, Who? I haven't given any thought whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Zero thought. But, you know, we've been waiting for these uh these rumors about what the show's gonna be like, if Chris Jenner's gonna change anything, and it's kinda the, the meat of uh this uh this Doctor News today, I think, is uh you know, it's not you know, we can't we can take this with a grain of salt, you know, it's the internet. So we don't know if this is exactly what's gonna happen, but they talk about the revamping, like what Chris Chibnall's want, wanting to do with the show. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's kinda interesting if this is all if it's all ends up being true, because it's a lot of changes um to what we're y- used to, you know. Um, you know, starting out, you know, Doctor Who apparently will have fewer episodes uh, when Jody Whitaker takes over the lead uh <laughs> role next autumn. So but with that being said, yes, less episodes. We all hate it because you know B- the BBC One series, you know, will run for ten weeks rather than the usual twelve or thirteen. But each program will last a full hour instead of forty-five minutes. So uh, hopefully they're upping it so up it a little bit to make up for that change. Balances out in a way. Yeah. I'm, it just means we get less. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do like one of the things about the uh, you know new Who is that sometimes the episodes can feel slightly rushed. Because, yeah, that's true. because they have to do that story within a certain amount of time. I mean, with classic Doctor Who, you know, they'd split up stories into four episodes. So it gave you, you know, it gave them yep. a, a really, you know, allowed them to tell a story, you know, with great detail. Sometimes that could be, I mean, there's pros and cons both ways. Yeah, it's like Sherlock, you know, when they get it, they wait a year to get three hour and a half long episodes. Right. So I mean I that sounds good. I obviously I uh I just want more Doctor Who no matter what. And it seems like the yeah. way they're talking and it could be con- conjecture, I don't know, is that Jody's going to be, you know, drastically different, which I mean how could yeah, she they, not be? But Chris Chibnall kind of wants this to be, you know, from, you know, just from, you know, sources are saying that he wants it to be like a whole new revamp, you know, kind of not necessarily like a you know, reboot by any means because we're not rebooting Doctor Who, but yeah. everything's new. So he wants to put his own spin on it and make it kind of his his Who. You know what I mean? Which is good. I mean, that's that's you know, one of the things I like is and it it could be bad, but at least he's trying. You know, that's why sometimes I don't understand these big blockbuster movies. You know, when they bring in really grade A directors and then just have them do the same thing. You know. Yeah. Same thing that anyone else would have done. That's why, you know, and it, uh, I talk about Star Wars on the podcast a lot, even though it's not a Star Wars podcast. You know, with Star Wars The Last Jedi, my hope is that now that they've gotten The Force Awakens out of the way, and what I, I don't get me wrong, I love Episode 7. I thought it was great. But they that was a story almost they had to tell. Like, they had to do that to to placate us fans and kind of in a way reboot that story yeah. now that it's out of the way the last jedi should be drastically different it should be something we've never seen before 
Yep. And that's what I agree. That's and to loop it back into Doctor Who. That's what I hope <laughs> happens with Series Eleven. Yeah, I want you know the Doctor and the TARDIS and companions and sonic screwdrivers and whatnot, but adventures, aliens, things exploding. The, yeah, that universe is like a giant sandbox. You know that you can pretty much do anything. So I, I want to see something completely different. Hopefully, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least they, you know, at least they tried. Yeah, and well, moving on to the, you know, you're wanting change. You're wanting something different to shake things up. Well, you know, you know, one insider explained it. You know, it's a, it's traditional, you know, for new, you know, new showrunner to come in and shake things up to, you know, stamp their mark on the show. And he was like, Chris is doing things, not doing things by half. So like, he's apparently ordered a new looking police box, a redesigned TARDIS control room, an updated Sonic screwdriver, which I'm not happy with. Let's use the screwdriver that's already there. <laughs> Peter Capaldi no, never really used it, I so think, just keep the one. I think I like <laughs> the idea that each doctor has his own screwdriver in a way because i mean you know when when matt smith regenerated to peter capaldi series eight he still had that screwdriver from before and i even though i mean you see that screwdriver you automatically associate it with matt smith you you associate it with the 11th doctor the same thing with the the cool looking tardis one that capaldi had I don't like that overlap, even though, you know, it, it doesn't really make sense for the sonic screwdriver to change. Uh, well, just to me, they didn't really utilize it. He had the glasses and stuff like that, so just let, let her be the one that uses no, that TARDIS-looking screwdriver. We, okay. I, okay, all right. I get what you mean, because then the sunglasses become associated with Capaldi only. With Peter Capaldi. Um. Okay, I can't argue that, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have so, but you know going on uh, just kind of a little sidebar uh, did you know that Jodie Whittaker was named hottest television talent She's, of 2017 what? she was named hottest television talent of 2017 in a new list as she takes over as the time lord like, like a list came out talking about the hottest television talent and Jodie Whittaker really? I mean, don't get me wrong won. she's a very attractive yeah. woman but I, yeah. I don't know if maybe the BBC <laughs> kind of paid for that I don't know Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but I it's thought very that was timely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> timely. But going on with the changes, you know, they were saying, you know, expect something fresh and brilliant. You know, uh, with more stories traveling backwards in time to interesting historical areas as well as forwards. You know, they talk about you know Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant, Matt Smith, all lasted for thirteen mm-hmm. episodes plus a Christmas special. This one apparently it'll be dwindled down to uh, around twelve plus a, a you know a festive you know Christmas special as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they do here i don't know how they're gonna make that work really but we're gonna we're gonna see we have to wait until till august or fall yeah, next year anyway so tough and, and my hope is is that we don't get a big gap between series 11 and series 12 i mean yeah i i don't like the fact that they know that they can get away with it like that we as doctor who fans aren't yep. going anywhere <laughs> Yeah, well, it's something you're not going to like because, you know, I know this is what you, you didn't want to have happen in the Christmas special, but it's apparent that uh, Jodie Whittaker, Jody Whittaker will only be in the episode for the last two minutes. <sighs> Bummer. I mean, that's fine. You know, like, I, I, I want I want Peter's swan <laughs> song to be, you know, about him. Yeah, and I, I have great. high hopes that the Christmas special will be very good. Because, I mean, I would say of the three Capaldi Christmas specials that we've seen so far, 
being uh, was there three? Yeah, there's three. There's Husbands of River Song, Doctor mm-hmm. Mysterio, and then uh, the one with Nick Frost as Santa Claus. Those yeah. those three. <laughs> beside the Husbands of River Song was good. The other two terrible. Yes. So um, yeah, I'm hoping. Because it means that that superhero is still out there. I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I don't even know what to make of that episode, if I'm being honest. Uh, and then the, you know, the the Santa Claus one was just. I think they wrote that whole episode because they wanted to put Nick Frost in the episode, and they were like, "Oh, his name's kind of close to Santa Claus, so let's just do an episode about that." Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and then that whole episode kind of complicated, or or made the Doctor and Clara's relationship even more like not emotional or less emotionally impactful that's we couldn't have just let her die when she jumped into the doctor's time stream (laughs) like come on well yeah that's the thing is her relationship with matt smith was okay i mean not that it was it wasn't nearly as dynamic as another like what as it was with maybe amy she was she was more interesting with matt smith than peter but i you know i almost feel like their relationship is like uh, on on again off again boyfriend girlfriend type thing you know what i mean yeah it was just in some ways but yeah it was just uh, i don't know uh it's, cl- it's enough about clara i can have a whole we can have a whole podcast about clara hate. <laughs> yeah i i'm hoping this christmas special will be the, the the best one we've seen from uh you know from peter so far yeah, I hope it's. And I mean, it's I got it's all phenomenal. The, I hope there's a lot of. Yeah, it's got all the elements to be the best one, considering that yeah. it's got David Bradley in it, so it's got another doctor's in it, and multi-doctor stories tend to be very good. Yeah, Bill's coming back in it for mm-hmm. the episode. So, yeah, we got Pearl Mackey coming back, Mark Gatiss playing a character we don't know much about, mm-hmm. but he's very good as well, and he's you know been associated with Doctor Who for a really long time. So I'm excited, you know, it, I just, I, I do wish we could have a little bit more of the, of the 13th Doctor, but we'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes, and I'm also, here, another thing is like, um, whether or not we get a companion or someone to watch, you know, watch the Doctor regenerate, because we got that with Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi, you know, he had his monologue talking to Clara, and then, you mm-hmm. know, when Christopher Eccleston regenerated to David Tennant, you know, Rose is right there. Do you think they'll do something kind of similar to uh, the 50th anniversary special where, you know, when the War the, Doctor, yeah, you know, John Hurt started to regenerate? Do you think they'll do, kind of do something like that with the David Bradley? Oh, you mean like where we see, we, I don't know, because they did have, kind of see we the did beginning see of an it? actor, and I, I can't think of the guy's name, but in the, uh, adventure in space and time uh movie tv drama whatever you want to call it we saw an actor playing patrick troughton so they could bring that guy back to so that we could get the full regeneration or maybe they just allude to it like maybe they like you said so i don't know yeah exactly that's that raises an interesting point i mean for all we know we don't even like it would be pretty cool i it's it's fair to say that the that we are going to get the two regenerations in that episode, uh, just based off the synopsis. Yeah. 
I just think it would be good to see, like, you don't even see the regeneration. What you see is you see the first Doctor walking, getting, you know, going towards his TARDIS or whatever. Looks back and says something like, you know, it's, you know, I must change or something. Just some cool little line, some slick thing as his hand starts to glow and then he just walks into the TARDIS and shuts the door. Uh, then again, it, you know, it'd be nice to, to see it just because I, you know, the, the footage of the first regeneration is mostly lost. So it'd be great to see, you know, it start to finish. And yeah, then, I got you. But, uh, you know, they want to put the focus on Peter Capaldi's regeneration, though. So I don't know if they'll do that. That's true. I don't know. I, 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 it could go, it could go both ways. I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I just want, I just want to see this way, episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just want it now. Can we just have a TARDIS just yeah. to go watch it now? <laughs> like, we just use the TARDIS to travel into the future <laughs> to watch the Christmas special and probably yeah, every no, single so, yeah, episode yeah, after right. that. I would abuse that. that would be what... Hey, man, we just saw the 100th anniversary <laughs> special. Did you like that uh, cameo with Christopher Eccleston? That's <laughs> 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 him in a wheelchair just waving oh. at the camera. That's all he can do. He can't even... He doesn't even yeah, drop a line it. or anything. So, yeah, that's all I have for... Uh... Doctor News is just short and sweet. I kind of just wanted to talk mainly about the uh, the changes we might see with Chris Chibnall when he takes over. You know, the, mm-hmm. the links of the episodes, how many we get, you know, kind of how they play out and all that sort of stuff. Um, so nothing nothing super fancy. Just uh, we try to find what we can for the Doctor News since there's not a whole lot out there uh, right now until the uh, Christmas special. So, uh, but moving on, uh, Jace, what do you got for us this week for the uh, the fan theory? Listen to me. Listen. I just, I just want you to think. Well, it's an interesting one. One that is 100% not true, and I, I don't give it any kind of basis in fact or anything like that, but I did find it interesting. Interesting enough to share it on the show this week. So, here is some evidence that Rory, as in Rory Williams, you know, the uh, uh-huh. is in fact the master. What? Yeah. What? Before you even start that, how, who who came up I'll with this? Have, I'll like, have a link on the on Omni Fringe page for if you guys want to check out this fan theory for yourselves. So for wow. the record, I did not come up with this. So I'm just gonna give you some facts that have con- has convinced this person that Rory may in fact be the master. So first, Rory showed no surprise to the TARDIS being bigger on the inside. Like, he just did not react to it at all. Another is that Rory has died and died and died, once being erased from the entirety of space and time, but he always comes back. He always comes back. In the episode The God Complex, Rory is the only one who does not have a room filled with his fears. When the Doctor opens the room with his fears, he says, of course it was you, and we hear the TARDIS distress signal, which was only ever heard before when the Master stole the TARDIS. Another is in the episode Let's Kill Hitler, when River Song regenerates in front of them and Rory is for the first time exposed to like regeneration energy or raw time energy. He immediately co- complains about what? A banging in his head. The only other character who had that was, of course, the Master, you know, with the drumming. The... Mm-hmm. Rory's daughter, who is... River Song is yeah. part Time Lord. Now the argument, of course, is that 
Rory and Amy had sex in the TARDIS and then they were exposed to time energy. But it could be said, oh, well, it's because Rory himself had Time Lord DNA in him. And then it's never really explained how the cracks and the skin of the universe were formed. We know that they're closely related to Amy, but they're also closely related to Rory as well. So there's a lot of time-oriented things that revolve around Rory, you know, being a Time Lord. Now, it could be true that he's just a Time Lord and not the Master, but the only two Time Lords that supposedly survived the Time War or or were not frozen in the in the parallel pocket universe was the master and, and of course the doctor. Well, we're okay. Remember this. That's that's that's. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah wow. it's crazy. Uh, anyways, all yeah, that's horse crap. But <laughs> let's uh, because remember during uh, when the master, you know, with the taco fan right. and all that sort of stuff with uh, David Tennant, how he he said that they can sense other time lords. The only reason he couldn't is because of the radio frequency that was messing it up to where he mm-hmm. couldn't sense the master. So if 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 Rory was a Time Lord, then Matt Smith would have known. Well, that's not true, because you could say that he's just a... He's, you know, the same thing. The watch is somewhere in Rory's, you know, pocket. And he just never brings it out. Yeah. Who knows? I think that's crap. And that, in the room, you know, the room where you see all right. the fears, we know the one in the Doctor's was the crack. Right. So. Which I thought was lame. <laughs> I, 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 you would think the doctor yeah. would be more afraid. Feared to be himself. Yeah. When I first saw the episode, I thought it would be himself. Right. Or, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Again, don't. I don't believe this at all. But I looked at, uh, you know, looked it up and was like, wow. Like, who would have ever, you know, tried to put these things together? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I like how people can come up with some theories and at least they find ways to back it up with, you know. You know, some sort of evidence, right. maybe. But uh, <laughs> it's still just it's yeah. still just crazy. I mean, yeah, you could argue some sense, you know. Hey, you know, River being part-time Lord, yeah. I mean, you could argue some of that, I guess. Yeah. But who knows? So, it is my favorite time of the week. It is time for comments about the casting of Jodie Whittaker. I'm not flirting, by the way. Yes, it's. I love this, and it's just. Some of them are just great, and like I said, as we as time goes on, we get closer to the special. I think it's just going to get more and more heated, and then once we have the episode, we'll finally actually see, I guess, people's real reactions, because um, you can't take any of this stuff to heart because no one knows how she's going to do it yet. Right. But it's still good to look at it. So you have a guy here. Uh, I really wish we could say people's names no. because some of these people are retarded. <laughs> I know, so these people just retarded, but like this person has two comments back to back. They commented to their own comment. Okay, Ooh, so comment squared. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, comment squared. Uh, it's like she doesn't even give off a Doctor Who vibe. That's mm-hmm. that's the first one. Doesn't give off a Doctor Who vibe. And then after that, they go, I don't like how they changed the gender of the Doctor. And we had one kind of like this before. And the main character should stay the same gender. They can change other people's genders, but the Doctor should stay the same. Hopefully they give her a male companion since the Doctor always has one of the opposite gender. Uh, so. Firstly, not true. Yeah, all sorts of wrong. Like, the Doctor's <laughs> had male companions before. You know, he's had 
a Time Lord companion. He's had, uh, you know, he's had, you know, androids. Like, it's not, there's no, okay. Secondly, talking about the first comment, which she doesn't go off a Doctor Who vibe. Did Matt Smith before he came? No, of course not. There's so many people like, are you kidding me? Yeah, nobody Did, does. Look at Christopher Eccleston. Does he give you a sci-fi vibe at all? No. No. No, he's a very, you know, he's a very drama-oriented actor. I don't know what you mean by Doctor Who vibe. I don't like that. That the the every every actor who's played the role gives off a completely different performance. None of them. None of them really have yeah. anything to do with the other, except in maybe lines of dialogue. That's really about it. Yeah, it's it just yeah. People are just people are just stupid. Uh, just <laughs> they they try to I, look, argue I mean, things, saying... and they don't, they must not watch Doctor Who. They must not if they give out stupid comments like that. So. Well, I mean, like I'm not gonna say that some if someone believes that the Doctor should always be male, I'm not gonna say they're stupid. I'm just gonna say that they're they're not they're not giving themselves the chance to appreciate something like yeah and potentially see I something mean, amazing and for great. all we know a year from now two years from now whatever we'll all be saying how I can't believe we thought a woman could play this role or hopefully we wouldn't be saying that hopefully like we'd be just saying Jody couldn't play this role. But yeah. we don't know, and that's the thing, is, like, we just have to, you know, wait and see. So people who are drawing these very, very close-minded conclusions are really only depriving themselves of something that could be potentially great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see here. Moving on. Oh, in a couple of years, the Doctor will refer himself as Doctor Who, male, female, non-binary. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> so there's that one. Uh, let's see. Oh, man. <laughs> there's one here. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long, but the, I was reading it as as we were talking. The gist of it is they were talking. This person wants, wants the doctor not to be a female, wants it not to be Jody, and what they, ho what they are hoping happens is that even though we saw her with the TARDIS key, what if she's actually just the companion and then the new doctor actually steps out of the TARDIS? <laughs> if... If they did that, that would cause more outrage than having Jody play the role. Because firstly, I would be upset because I'd be like, oh, you guys, you know, you flat out lied to us. Like, I can understand you being, like, swerving. Like, you know, oh, we, it seemed like it was this thing, but it's actually this thing. No, 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 there's none of that here. It's 100%. Hey, Jody Whitaker is playing the doctor. And then the outrage that you get from other people is like, you MFers, how dare you, you know, give the role to a woman and then take it away from her, you bastards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. It, yeah, that would cause outrage. This person's like, why is it a 40-year-old woman? You people are Why is it a 40-year-old woman? Okay, here's my argument. Why was it's it not... played by a 55-year-old <laughs> man at one point? I don't know. I don't yeah. know what people's deal is, man. Like, the, like people are are totally willing to accept that old men can do things. Like, you know, you see Sylvester Stallone play 
a boxer in his late 50s, maybe early 60s. And no one really gripes about it. But if you were to see a 38-year-old woman do that, they'd lose their minds. So don't see, like, what, like, people tend to really get upset with, with older women versus older men. And that's a whole nother topic, but it's, uh, it's, it's really weird and interesting. Yeah, I agree. Let's see here. Uh, oh, here's one that kind of goes along with kind of that. Uh, if you are not gay, female, black, or transgendered, <laughs> you will be deleted. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Like, the rest of these are just R.I.P. Doctor Who. Uh, wasn't expecting that type of stuff. The next Doctor should be a Muslim, black, overweight, transgender, pansexual, what, demigirl. Okay, if as long as this writing's good, whatever. Yeah, as long as the writing's good. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's the thing too, never, guys. It's, like, it's, maybe you can like, help me out with this. On. I can't think of a time that Doctor Who was political in any way. Like they could say, "Oh, this casting is political." Is it though? I mean, they—they're not—they have not explicitly said anything, you know, like having a stance one way or the other about anything. And that's, you know, most shows that's difficult to do. Like, but people like this. Like, I'm gonna end it. I'm gonna end, I'm gonna end the comments with this this guy. This this is just dumb. And it, it, I hate when people talk about them being lifelong Doctor Who fans. And then the show's ruined now. Like, this guy's like, I'm not trying to be sexist or something. I'm just saying Doctor Who is a show I grew up with. And I'm not too happy that there is a woman now. I mean, it just doesn't seem right to see a woman now. I don't see why men can just... I don't see why men can just be the Doctor. Weird. And if it's true that it's a woman because of feminists, that's just stupid. Why would it offend Wyman, by the way? W-I-M-E-N. Wyman. If men play the Doctor, it makes no sense. Like, your comment doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think they should have probably reviewed what they typed a little better. But I think the gist of it is, you know, they don't understand, you know, like why they would change the gender of a character. That has explicitly been told. Uh, we've been told that he can change yes. gender. And I don't get it. If you're a lifelong Doctor Who fan, I don't see how you can hate this decision. I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, it, I mean, again, you know, I think... If I can offer any kind of advice to someone listening who is, you know, maybe not happy with the casting of... Jo if you're not happy with the casting of Jody because you don't like her as an actress or you don't, um, you know, you don't think she's very good or you're afraid of Chris Chibble's writing or something like that, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I don't. Like, you're entitled to your opinion. Um, if you're upset with the casting of Jodie Wicker on the basis that she's a woman, yeah. then I, I think you're not – you're depriving yourself. You're, you're, you're being a little closed-minded, and I've said this before. I'll say it a hundred times. Doctor Who is about change. It's about a character who evolves, devolves sometimes. Yeah. A character whose personality, his or hers, you know, experiences are shaped by those personality traits. So why wouldn't we want 
you know, a character to be completely different. Like, I think I would be more upset if they hired, like, another 55-year-old Scottish man to play the role. Yeah. Like, right, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was, you know, I said I was going to end it there. I actually found one that I like. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make this the last comment um, before we move on. But mm -hmm. I like this person because they're kind of doing what we, what we were doing and kind of being like, oh, it's not realistic that an alien that travels through time and space in a big box that's bigger on the inside could transform into a female. It just doesn't make any sense. Sorry, but for all who disagree, you're just feminists. You know, so it's him kind of being sarcastic. Right. You know, the person's kind of being sarcastic, being like, it's, it's what the show is. You know, the show is about someone that changes faces and travels through space and time. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you, you people getting mad about it transforming into a female, you're, you're not making any sense because that's what the whole show is, is change and things that don't make sense. Right. <laughs> and the other thing you could say is like, oh, it's not realistic that a man would change into a woman. Okay, it's not realistic that a person can change their physical appearance and personality at all. It's not realistic that he has a blue box that travels through time. You know, it's not realistic that he has a tool that can open anything. I mean, we're not, the show has no basis in reality at all. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You know, we, we've driven this point into the ground. Yep. We'll continue to talk about it, I'm sure, until we yeah, as time goes on. We, we see Jody on screen. But again, I mean, uh, my my biggest piece of advice is just give it a chance. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. I mean, I yeah, I'm not I'm not here to change anyone's political views about anything. My goal with this podcast from from the very beginning was to draw. Uh, or not draw, but just kind of encourage people to, you know, love Doctor Who, uh, realize that it's a vast universe, and that it's a very unique show that can do anything. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, like I said, we could talk about that for forever. You know, you said that already, but... Um, you know, we've, we've been talking for a little while, you know, we've talked about all sorts of stuff today. We we're going to try to keep it short and sweet. You know, you know, you know us, we kind of get off on tangents, yeah, yeah. but I know people are really, really, really wanting to get to the, uh, really wanting to hear the rest of, uh, your interview with, uh, with Dr. Squee. And I know I'm excited to listen to the rest, rest of it. So. so guys, as promised, we're going to jump into part two of our interview with Dr. Squee from the Gallifrey Stance podcast. Could you all just stay still a minute because oh! You know, you bring up a great point that, you know, maybe years ago back when Tom Baker was the doctor, no one would have ever thought, oh, the doctor can't be, a you know, a 26-year-old man. And then, you know, years and years later, Matt Smith absolutely nails it. You know, he's my favorite doctor, by the way. You know, the doctor, like I, like I said, you know, it's, the show's all about change and... I'm really excited. I'm also excited that Chris Chibnall is going to be the showrunner. You know, that's that's something I'm really excited for because if I'm being honest, I you know I think Stephen Moffat had his moments for sure, but I you know I'm not necessarily sad that he's sure. he's leaving. I mean, again, it's all about kind of the change in the show. So um, Chris Chibnall's a very popular writer at the mm -hmm. moment. He's kind of I love Broadchurch myself, 
and uh, I think it's wonderful that he's chosen someone who's mm -hmm. worked with before so he knows he's got a good working chemistry with them and probably that makes it a bit easier going into a brand new show knowing that you're going to be working with someone you know you've got a working relationship with. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully that chemistry, you know, reflects on screen. Speaking of, you know, I guess Jody and everything, are you um are you excited for this year's Christmas special? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it, it looks so fantastic. And the idea of having the first Doctor back is wonderful. And uh, having uh, mm -hmm. having the masterstroke of um, having recast from the uh, adventure in space and time, which they did a few years back, I, I just think it, it, it's going to be so much fun. I don't know exactly what the part to be played by... Um, Oh, I forgot his name now for a second. Mark Gatiss. Mark, Mark Gattis, of course. Like the the, yeah. I, I don't know where that's going to go, but I'm in the bag for this. Like, uh, and I love the idea of like two doctors, who are fighting against regeneration. Like apparently the yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. I love the idea that yeah. So the uh, the twelfth doctor's telling the first doctor, well, you've got to regenerate, otherwise I won't exist. And the first doctor's going, well, you first, mate. I love that idea. <laughs> And I mean, uh, you know, you you said uh, you talked about the five doctors earlier. Earlier, I think multi-doctor stories are just some of the best. You know, David Bra David Bradley as the first doctor. I mean, technically, we haven't seen him play the first doctor. What's interesting is I've never, you know, I don't know if I've ever heard of an actor who's played, you know. He, it's kind of meta in a way. He's played William Hartnell, who played the first Doctor, and now he's playing... He's not playing William Hartnell. He's playing the first Doctor. And I know that, like, to, to someone else, I'd be like, oh, well, it's the same thing. It, it is and it isn't. It, it's it's interesting. I, I'm also glad that he's going to be doing some audio adventures. They announced, you know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Big Finish is going to do some some stuff with David Bradley. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm extremely excited for it. I I'm you know, it's it's getting closer and closer. We've only got, you know, just like just just a little under 3 months. I'm just sad because after after the Christmas special, then uh we enter another drought, so to speak, with Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's the uh, that's the, the thing I always say to people who talk about the kind of like, oh my god, we got to like last year we had to wait a year before we had a new Doctor Who, or a year and a half. This year we're gonna have to wait probably about the same again. I just remind people that uh, you know just just remember when we had to really wait when we had like about yeah. ten years <laughs> between Doctor Who. That was waiting. This is nothing. This is nothing to a Doctor Who fan. You know, that's that does put things in perspective somewhat for me. It's still not going to make it any less painful waiting for the show. <laughs> I'm just hoping that, you know, my my biggest hope for the Christmas special is that we get at least more than just a glimpse of Jody in the role. Like, it would be nice... I, I liken it to when David Tennant regenerated to Matt's, you know, uh, the Eleventh Doctor, Matt Smith. Um, you know, we didn't get just a line. You know, it was him in action, so to speak. I mean, he didn't do the, the scene. Maybe lasted forty-five seconds to a minute, but it was still, you know, it was still nice to see see that play out somewhat. So we got just a kind of a small glimpse or clue of who this doctor was going to be. And that's what I hope we get with Jody as well. 
Yeah, yeah, just a couple of minutes to uh, like have a little bit of a peek under the bonnet as it were. Uh, but the only thing I would say is that uh, with that Matt Smith one, I felt it was way too similar to the regeneration before. I do, I, it just seemed like they very quickly cobbled something together. And I don't know, like, I mean, I was actually, after seeing that snippet, I was actually worried about Matt Smith in the role. But then when I watched his first episode, God, I was uh, so sold on him. It was such a magical first mm. episode. But um, so, yeah, I'd love to see a little scene with her at, at the end, you know, just kind of teasing out who she's going to be. But, yeah, I want it to be made its own thing, as it were. I don't want another ginger joke. I'm done with the ginger jokes. Right, right, right. Yeah. They want to have a ginger uh, doctor, I don't care, but, like, I'm done with that joke. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was a... Uh, that That is a little played out, you know, and then maybe have the regeneration not in the TARDIS, so to speak. I mean, every regeneration so far in the, the new era has happened in the TARDIS. Oh. oh, you've come on to one of my big bugbears. I mean, I, like, yeah. Great. It would be great to have a, a regeneration in a different spot. But also, every time when the Doctor's about to regenerate in the new series, he sets the, the controls going. Why the... Are we allowed to swear? Why, yeah. yeah, go for it. You can Why swear. the fuck would you do that? You're about to change. You're about to lose control <laughs> of your body. So let's set the time machine going through time and space. <laughs> why would you... Um, it bugs me. I just don't. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's the you most stupid thing, and they do it every regeneration. Yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> that's a glass shattering moment for me. That's uh, that's something I never noticed until now, and now I'm like, wow, that doesn't. You're right. That doesn't make any sense at all. Like that's like, you know, uh, starting a car, and then you know, all right, let me uh, put this take, you know, let me take this mask off and put another one on. No, you're driving. Like, d yeah. maybe stop I mean, the car first. <laughs> yeah, handbrake on the TARDIS, hand the key over to your companion and step outside the box for a little while. <laughs> You're not safe to drive at the moment. <laughs> and then he wonders, like, why, why is it crashing? You know, why, 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 are we, uh, why are we hurtling through time and space now? Maybe because you flipped the controls on and then stopped, you know, handling them. <laughs> That's... Exactly. It, it, it's it's the most bonkers thing that they do every time at the moment. So I'm hoping Chibnall's going to be on top of that one. <laughs> okay. Can you tell me like maybe some favorite moments you've had with your podcast? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's been some... I think it's kind of firsts that you do, which are really exciting. So uh, like the first episode, it was just great to get it up there and have people comment on it and let me know what they liked or what they didn't like or what I should improve. Uh, uh, there were times where uh, I, when I interviewed my first doctor was uh, Sylvester McCoy and he was just so fantastic and so wonderful and so giving with his time. And Sophie Aldred was there with him as was Andrew Cartmel. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like that whole era of Doctor Who right in front of me. Wow, yeah. Um, yeah, it was magical. The first con I went to representing the show was great. Uh, I've been doing for the last three years, well, you know, it'll be three years this year, that I've done a play every Christmas, which uh, I write and produce mm -hmm. myself. And I get uh, different, like, I, I get loads of actors locally to do it, but I've also got cameos from different stars from Doctor Who and other kind of uh, celebrities to do little cameos in it, which I record in advance. Yeah, I heard. And uh, doing that is so much yeah. fun. 
Oh yeah, every year we go into a studio to record it as well. I rehearse it, like we're in the middle of rehearsals at the moment for the current one. And uh, so the first time I did that was great, but that one is one which pays off every year. Like, you know, I, there's certain things I do every year on my podcast as well. So I, I always have a Halloween episode and a Christmas special like podcast where we watch some of the Christmas episodes. And as I say, now we do the Christmas play, which is kind of just... Uh, not only is it great when it all goes out and when it's all done, but it's the process of uh, rehearsing it with everyone and getting my friends involved and getting cameos from people like Kevin Smith is, is in this year's one. And uh, we've got um, start, like Yiji Cho from the uh, TV movie has done a part for it as well. Just, just stuff like that is just so much fun to do. And again, it's about making this kind of passive um, pastime into an active one. And... Um, yeah, first time I met some people who I'd met exclusively through the show, like I was saying earlier. All those kind of little first moments are just so great. And then I don't think there's ever a bad time when I'm offered a convention and I meet my fellow fans. And, and that's just what's so great about it. Yeah, and um, I mean, obviously, I'm, I, I feel the same way about a lot of my firsts. And I'm still, you know, every episode, there's a new first for me. Yeah, the... I'm excited to represent the show as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm I can't wait to get my first doctor. <laughs> so tell me, um, how do you, you know? How do you like going to Doctor Who conventions? Like, how often would you say you go to them, and do you feel like uh, you 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 enjoy them, so to speak? Oh, uh, they're they're amazing. They're the best thing in the world. I mean, usually it's uh, uh, there's only a few which I've been to which are kind of exclusively Doctor Who. Usually mm-hmm. it's general sci-fi conventions, which has just got a really good mm-hmm. Doctor Who presence at it. So so I get to like, I mean, it's amazing. I get to kind of go up and down the UK attending these things. I'm, uh, I am I now write to them and ask if I can have press uh, access. So quite often I get to do that to do it, go there to do interviews. I, I'm now hosting panels at some of them. So this weekend I'm going off to one in Coventry on Sunday where I'll be hosting panels with people from Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, uh, Power Rangers, all sorts of things. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. And to me, it's... Yeah, again, it's just that that magical experience of, like, uh, you get one moment where you're meeting people who you've never met before into the same thing you are, and you can spark up these really random conversations about it. The next minute, you're, like... uh, if you're lucky enough like myself to be able to do interviews there, you can chat to these people one-on-one who are in these shows. But sometimes I'll just go and I'll just kind of like, uh, just do the fan thing and just chat to people and just have photos with the stars who I love. Uh, I I think it's just the best thing in the world to do. And uh, I kind of probably average about one a month, but some months I end up having three because that's the way it goes, and they're ones which I go every year. And then I might not go to one for a couple of months, and I'll do mm-hmm. a load of Skype interviews with uh, different people. So it kind of it's a bit peaks and fits. But like I remember when it used to be there was kind of con, se- con season, and it was usually over the summer. And now it's just throughout the year. You you know, if you want to, you could go to a different sci-fi con every weekend. And um, that's I mean, what a golden age to live in. For that's family. how it is here in the states, really. Yeah, totally. Uh, cons have really exploded uh, over the last few years, and I mean, I don't I don't know, you know, how it is there in uh, in Britain, but uh, here, the Doctor Who presence at at sci-fi conventions is really massive. I mean, I would say 
Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, and The Walking Dead here in the States really rule when it comes to these conventions. I mean, yes, they're fans from other things like Star Wars, Star Trek, um, Battlestar Galactica, etc. But as far as, like, what's the majority, yeah, it's Doctor Who and Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, really, which... You know, I, I'm a fan of all of those, so it ends up being just a, uh, it just ends up being a, um, a really, really good time. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd say probably for us, you just slot out um, Walking Dead for Harry Potter, and you pretty much got it as well. It's just uh, uh, those well, things... you know what, Harry Potter's, <laughs> Harry Potter's pretty big here too. So I'm, yeah, Harry well, Potter actually might be up there somewhere as well. Well, yeah, you see, it's it's ones which filmed over here, so we get a lot of um, Star Wars stars are from the UK. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of kind of Doctor Who stars, obviously, are from the UK, and a lot of Harry Potter stars are from the UK. So obviously, they're ones which are probably the most heavily represented. But then you will get one where they've got a couple of like you, you definitely get a feeling they get a couple of stars from a show, and then they invite loads from that show so they can theme their event. So you might get one event where there's loads of people from The Walking Dead. Or a few years back, we had um, a massive kind of uh, load of uh, Back to the Future stars coming because it was the 30th anniversary and stuff like that. Right. So so you do get events where like one show will be really heavily represented. But um, like there was one great one a little while ago where I was off in um, Cardiff again and they had uh, the stars from um, Hellraiser because that was celebrating, I think, again, the 30th anniversary. Uh, so that was really <clears> fun to do. Yeah. How often are you ever able to come here in the States, come stateside? I I, I wish. I've, I've actually only ever been to the States once, and that was uh, Las Vegas for one of my friends' stag dues. And, uh, but I, it, it's on the cards, let's just say. At some point, I, I, like, I'm, I'm 38 at the moment, Turned 39 in December, so for my 40th, I want to go over to the States and uh, maybe do a little bit of a round trip. It would be great to take in a con and uh, meet some of my friends over there. Yeah, and uh, I mean, um, unfortunately for me, my plan was uh, up until, you know, a few weeks ago was I, you know, I haven't ever been, you know, to the UK and I was hoping to maybe visit and one day go to the Doctor Who experience and sadly i i was never able to you know make it in time uh, you said you were able to go to the doctor who experience you know can you tell me a little bit about your experience uh, no pun intended there yeah. well i mean uh, i was very lucky actually because before it became a staple up in cardiff it actually went to london first so there was kind of a version of it they did in london and i went to see that with uh well, my then wife and kids, I, I've since uh, subsequently divorced, but uh, that's another story. But we went <laughs> as a family. So I kind of got the family experience. And at the time they had a video kind of slash bride type thing. So it was kind of a walkthrough experience with videos of um, Matt Smith. And mm-hmm. I remember going past all the different Dog 2 outfits and you got to see all these props from the show. And then you got to go on this fantastic ride. And that was really great. And then years later, I'm up in Cardiff and I get to experience it again, uh, again, pun intended. And uh, But it was slightly different and they'd add new stuff from the, the uh, show since I'd seen it in London. So it was a couple of years later. They had a new video with uh, Peter Capaldi. And uh, so it was a kind of completely new ride in there. 
and um, they had all the latest stuff from the show. And again, like I still found it magical though to just be in front of those outfits on some uh, dummies from you know uh, all the outfits from the different doctors. Just I, I I don't know why for some reason, just seeing those displays there of all those outfits together next to the TARDIS is just 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 gives me a little geek chill just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I I, so, I can imagine uh, the, ex- the experience. The experience really is a wonderful thing, and I, I'd like to think hopefully it's not gone for good because there are rumours abound they might be moving location and they might still do it somewhere in Wales, just not necessarily in the exact same location. Because the only reason why it was actually stopped was because the lease ran out. Yeah, and uh, that was that building was leased for so many years, and probably they realised uh, the um, council in. Um, Cardiff realised that they could make more money out of it by probably turning into luxury flats or whatever. Right. But for the BBC, that uh, the the Doctor experience, as far as I know, was never unpopular. I it never kind of saw a major dip in in people attending it. So I think that's something which they could still make a lot of money out of. And I, I've got to still believe it's worthwhile for the BBC to keep it there because people come from around the world, literally. To right. See it. I mean, you're you're talking so, to a guy uh, who was making yeah. plans, you know, to go see it. I was going to, you know, come across the pond just to, uh, just for that. I mean, I, obviously that wasn't going to be the only thing I was going to do, but it was one of the primary reasons for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's um, perhaps a little bit concerning i don't know if that's the right word but anyway it maybe gives me more pause for thought the fact that it actually did close down as opposed to being moved straight away but but again i i I can't believe that it isn't worth like they've got to store that stuff somewhere i doubt the bbc would want to get rid of it all well so you know that unfortunately see this is something you know i've tried to explain to uh, american fans like me is you know the idea you know, and how the BBC works. See, we don't have government-owned and government-funded channels here. The the BBC, you know, thinks bureaucratically as opposed to um, primarily just capitalistic. That was something, you know, that's why there's certain episodes of Doctor Who that no longer, you know, exist is because of how the BBC yep. thinks, you know. And I, I've, a lot of American fans don't even know that, that, you know, the taxpayer in, in Britain pays for Doctor Who, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, there, there, are, there are two things there. One, first of all, yes, the BBC can be very wrong-headed still to this day and do some very, very silly things, I think, sometimes, especially seeing as they are... Um, funded in such the way that they, they have to be careful with their money and they have to kind of justify any pe- every penny that they spend. However, I like to think they're not quite as short-sighted as they used to be when it comes to stuff like, oh, look, well, we, you know, we need some videotapes, so let's erase loads yeah. of episodes of things which people... Like at the time, they, well, I mean, in all fairness to them, at the time they didn't know that... Uh, VCRs and kind of ways of watching stuff back was ever going to be a right. thing. So this was even before, they had no concept of syndication. Pre the most like it was, this was pre Betamax even being a uh, an idea in someone's head. So it's kind of like it, it was it was a different time. But I also think they know now that uh, all this stuff is worth money. All this stuff is worth something to the fans. And 
if they're going to store it anywhere, they may as well store it somewhere where everyone can see it and pay money right, to come and see they, it, yeah. and they can make money off it. So it just, I, I can't imagine that they aren't thinking in those terms because the BBC is under such a squeeze for money. Like you know, we basically the way it's funded specifically is we pay for a TV license because that's how they fund the BBC. So, but that the the cost for that TV license has been frozen for years. So because it's not going up as inflation goes up you know uh the same amount of money is having to cover right so their budget um, is flat uh, well yeah or, or technically a less money is being put towards right. the same amount of things so um so something which is making money for them which again i you know i haven't seen the books but i can't imagine that wasn't making money for them I, so I, I i'm still gonna believe yeah. it's coming back the same way i believed in yeah Doctor i, Who I mean the if one thing's for certain, it's that uh, Doctor Who fans won't give up and they don't forget. <laughs> you know, um, and I, I, I'm hoping the same thing that you're hoping that they really do, you know, realize that the things in the Doctor Who experience and everything to do with the show, if they can think even in a, just a very non emotional way just being practical yeah they would realize that all those things are worth money i mean we obviously as fans have a sentimental value to them but and hopefully the bbc would as well but you know at least if we're if we're just being cold and and calculated about it they would realize that yeah this stuff is it's worth money and like you said if if they're going to store it anyway why not store it and charge people to be able to look at it. And I mean, exactly. Doctor Who, I, you know, I don't know what the numbers are in terms of, of just in in uh, Britain, but internationally, Doctor Who makes more money for the BBC than anything else. So, I, yeah, it 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 seems. I don't. I don't know why they couldn't just turn around and open it back up somewhere else. And maybe they. Maybe they're. They're working on that right now. Let's. Uh, let's. Let's hope. Anyway. Would you be able to, if you could think, about one small piece of advice that you would give me an up and coming podcast? What would that be? Well, that that's actually quite an easy one. What I always say is because I've been asked that before, is don't take too much <laughs> advice. Now, uh, the best thing to do is do the best show you can do. Because if I tell you how I think you should improve your show, you will make the second best podcast I can make. Because the best podcast right. I can make is the one I make for myself. So if I advise you, I'm making the second, like the best I'm going to give you is the second mm -hmm. best. Whereas if you uh, do your show over time, like I, I'm, geez, I'm heading towards 200 episodes and I'm still finding different and fun things to do with the show. And things naturally get selected and deselected. There were certain things which I did at the beginning of the show. Like I used to have a quiz at the end of the show, and that was fun to do for a while. But after a while, it just became a little bit awkward and clunky, so I just dropped it, and the show flowed a lot better. And then I got the guys involved who do the features for me. But that all just organically happened. So um, like, so if anyone does offer you advice, listen to it and see if that sounds like something you want to do. Don't do it because they've advised you to do it. Like, you know... The, the best kind of things that will happen to your show will be things that happen organically and things that grow out of other things happening. So, you know, sometimes it can just be an idea or a suggestion that guest mm -hmm. makes or something that guest says 
or a question you ask them and you think, oh, that was really fun. I should ask that question of all my guests and that would be a fun right. running theme for my show. And uh, like, you know, the whole thing of that radio play I was telling you about that I do every year now, that grew out of a little skit I did at the beginning of a Christmas episode I did for the podcast. So as I say, every every Christmas since the beginning of the show, we've been watching different ones of the Dog 2 Christmas specials and talking about them. And at the beginning, I wrote this silly little sketch between me and my friends to intro into the episode and I thought geez that was fun to do and I just wrote about two or three pages worth of dialogue for us uh, and I thought wow I should give a go at writing a whole thing and I did and it worked and it was fun you know and um, and now we raise money for charity every year doing that so um, so really just go with what feels right and if something isn't working drop it if something feels like a good idea to try try it even if it doesn't work you'll be glad you tried something new out yeah i i think that's some, that's some great advice and i mean i've already somewhat applied that which was um something that we fell into here we were talking about the the casting of jody whitaker and we found you know just hilarious youtube comments about her casting and through that we it just ended up becoming a segment on the show <laughs> So, um, yeah, and I think that's a good way to look at it is just build the show organically through evolution, you know, is things just through Darwinism, the the strong things will stick around and things that don't necessarily work will just fade away. So do you have any uh, anything coming up recently that uh, you want to talk about? Yeah, sure. Well, um, this weekend it's uh, National Podcast uh, International mm-hmm. Podcast Day. Sorry, on this Saturday, so uh, my show is actually on two networks. So one of them is the uh, the EMC network. The other one's the Tangent Bound network. So the EMC network is doing a live stream, uh, which if you look up uh, EMC Podcast Network or El- Electronic Media Collective. On Facebook, you'll find them. They're also on Twitter, and you'll be able to find out where to hear that. So as part of that, I've done a recorded live show. So unfortunately, I'll be traveling up to that Colin Coventry on Saturday, ready for Sunday. But um, So I've recorded a show, though, in advance, which is going to be going up on that stream. And listen to all the other shows and really enjoyed those as well that day. Um, as I say, I've got the Christmas uh, play coming up, and that's going to be raising money this year for Stonewall which is a fantastic uh, LGBT education and advocacy group. So each year, like last year, we raised uh, about £400 for pancreatic cancer research. So it's uh, so please listen, enjoy it. And um, if you feel like it and you can afford to donate a little bit of money to a worthy cause. Other than that, there's also another show which I do called Due South by Southeast. Now, this is the most niche podcast you're ever going to get. Because we uh, watch and review a different episode of Due South, the 90s comedy with a Mountie <laughs> in it. And it's just very silly and very fun. And um, if you like that show, give it a, a bit of a whirl because it's... Um, yeah, for sure. Again, it's very silly, but very fun. And I think, and I'm sure you'll agree with this statement, Any for any of my listeners, if you're thinking of starting a podcast and you're thinking that, uh, oh, you know, it's... Um, it's someone's not going to want to listen to it or you know what as long as you have a passion for something that that should be your truly your only reason for doing it you know i I don't do this show 
for any other reason that then you know I have a love for Doctor Who and I I just want to share it with everyone. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's it's just it's just fun to do. At the end of the day, yes, of course, if you're recording yourself and putting out, you want someone to listen because otherwise you wouldn't put it out on the internet. But at the same time, it does like um, imagine if you got ten people listening to something you record. How often do you have 10 people in your house listening to what you're saying? How often do you stand around and hold court with 10 people? Probably not that often. Like, you know, even if you get that many people listening and, and even if a couple of them just hit you up and go, it's like, by the way, that was just, that was great what you said about that. That really rung true with something I think as well. And then that starts a conversation and maybe over the time your audience grows, maybe it doesn't. But as long as you're enjoying it and you've got a few people listening to what you're saying, just go for it. Have fun with it. Like uh, this second podcast, which is only four episodes in, uh, due south by southeast. That just came out of me and my friend drunkenly saying, "Oh, wouldn't that be funny if we did a due south podcast?" And now it's kind of hard baked into that podcast that we record it while we're drinking a <laughs> bottle of rum each week, and uh, we just laugh our asses off and make uh, jokes about mounties. And uh, right. that's great. <laughs> you know, it, is, it was just purposely a very silly show because the Doctor Who podcast I do, even though I like to think it's fun, I research that. And like when I've got someone coming on, I'll do a lot of time looking into them. And if I'm reviewing an episode, I'll look it up and I'll, you know, I'll, I take that one quite seriously and I, I hope it shows in the podcast. Whereas... Due South by Southeast was just fun and it was just something silly I could do and I could drink and just record it with my friend. And that's the spirit I went in with. So um, that's the other beauty with podcasting. It can be whatever you want. Um, so one week you could do an episode which is 20 minutes, but it's it's a really good 20 minutes you had either just uh, talking to your audience or talking with a friend or talking to whoever. Or And another week you could do one which is three hours long and you had a really great in-depth conversation with someone where you found out their entire life story and it was really interesting. And it can just be whatever you want. So that that's the kind of spirit of podcasting which I find so exciting as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, guys, uh, make sure to check out Gallifrey Stands. It's a, it's a great show and, you know, like, like uh, Dr. Squee said, they're, you know, over 180 episodes in it's all about uniting us whovians it's all about all sharing our love for the show oh it's my absolute pleasure thank you very much for inviting me and it's uh, really exciting to hear someone like you know a lot of the stuff you were saying while we were setting up kind of ring rang true of stuff which i experienced when i was doing the show first so uh it's really exciting to hear you kind of just starting on this journey which um I've been rolling down for a few years now. Yeah, and I'll uh I'll make sure to uh to keep you updated once I hit to uh 180 episodes. <laughs> Definitely, mate. All right, guys. So there it was our interview with Doctor Squee. What'd you think, Sean? Man, you know it's it's he seems like a really great guy. Someone you know he he 
has so much mm-hmm. knowledge of Doctor Who. He's you know he's he was there during the uh, the dark times when Doctor Who wasn't around for a while. Yeah, we uh, weren't even aware got, of the show know, back then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So he's he's definitely been a, a fan longer than we have, but he has so much insight and you know getting to be actually over there where it all takes place. He's had a chance to run into a few people, talk to people. So I'm hoping that maybe one day I'd love to get, I'd love to get a chance to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope hopefully one day we'll see him somewhere and get to meet him face to face, shake his hand, get him. A, I'm a drink and just chat Doctor Who uh, in person and kind of just go from there. So I definitely, hopefully, it's not our first and last time hearing hearing and talking to Doctor Squeeze. Yeah, so. I I totally 100% agree. So guys, that does it for this week's episode. It's Jace. And it's Sean. And we're hopping in our Tardises, and we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>